0: Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It's great to be back with you again. We are finishing up a sermon series here at Urban Village called Can I Get a Witness? And this uh, sermon comes from, or is based on the book of Acts, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Uh, So uh, let me read these words uh, for us today. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. May God's blessing be on the reading and living out of this word. So I mentioned a moment ago Uh, the title of this sermon series called, Can I Get a Witness? And that word witness certainly has been in my mind throughout this sermon series, but particularly for this sermon, it's mentioned in the scripture here. And so I uh, did some reflecting on the word and did a little uh, etymology, looking at the, the roots of the word. And as I thought about what does it mean to be a witness, I then thought about all the different ways that witness is used in our own um, society, and certainly to be a witness uh, at a jury or on a jury or in a trial came to mind. And then also the whole notion of being in a witness protection program also came to mind. And particularly, I thought about this as I thought about uh, how anxious people probably are when thinking about what does it mean to be a witness? So I learned a couple interesting things about the witness protection program, that one creates a new identity, finds a new city, has to find a job. Uh, There's no contact at all with uh, other friends or, or family outside of their own immediate family. They can't move back. Witnesses can choose their own names, but they're encouraged to either keep initials or same first name, which I didn't know. And it was interesting, apparently, according to one website, some parents have asked Uh, for the past grades of their children to be improved as they're creating these new identities. Uh, But that was denied. You can't fully, apparently, change absolutely everything about your past. So when they move into this new context, no one knows them. So when I mention this sermon series called Can I Get a Witness and talk about what does it mean to be a witness for Christ, some might think, I would rather change my whole identity than go through that process. So when I ask the question, can I get a witness, I'm sure there are some folks who will say, "Mm, no, not really. But I want to reflect on this and the different ways that uh, we can be witnesses uh, and that we are not left to our own devices in doing so. So we're looking at this passage from the book of Acts and in worship, we're actually going a little bit out of sequence. You may have been in a worship service uh, last Sunday that took a look at Pentecost Uh, Pentecost is the time in the church when we celebrate and commemorate the coming of the Holy Spirit uh, amongst those who are followers of Jesus. That's Acts chapter 2. Today we're looking at Acts 1. This weekend is when the movie Solo comes into movie theaters, which is a little bit of a prequel to some of the uh, Star Wars movies. Uh, And so this is, uh, in honor of Solo opening, this is kind of a prequel. We're looking at what happens before Pentecost uh, as we explore this whole notion of being a witness. So here we see in the book of Acts that there is the resurrected Christ who is giving instruction. I should note too, um, as I've noted before, Acts is written by the author of Luke. So often is Luke and Acts go together. So here again we have the resurrected Christ giving instruction to his followers. And after he does so, Jesus' followers um, voice an expectation essentially they're saying we want the romans to be overthrown we want a new city a new society to come out of this remarkable thing that has happened that you have come back from the dead it's interesting to note here perhaps a little bit if we're reading in between the lines maybe the followers of jesus are saying you know we'd rather want we want our will to be done not necessarily your will to be done and jesus says this is not your call. At this point, this is not my call. But, and this is a verse that I want to focus on today, but Jesus says, this is what will happen. This is verse 8. Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Notice here too, in Jerusalem locally and all Judea and Samaria, so it goes out a little bit more to the ends, even the ends of the earth. And so this is a, a verse that many people will cite about the need to share this good news about Jesus. And so sometimes people will focus on what does it mean to be a witness? And people will say you're supposed to be a witness both around you and even beyond that and even to the to the ends of the earth. But perhaps sometimes we forget the first part of this, the promise that Jesus makes After he has told them that what you want and expect may not come about in the way that you desire, but you will receive power. So there are two proclamations that Jesus is noting here in this verse that I think we should make sure that we're not forgetting either one. And the first is this, you will receive power. We cannot be a witness at all if we forget that we have received power through the Spirit. The Greek word for power here is a really wonderful word, a word called dynamis. You can see here the root of dynamism. So lots of different ways to define dynamis, but certainly a force, a power, a new ability. These are all ways to try to encapsulate what dynamis means. Jesus is saying you will receive this spirit, this force, this power, And we can't go too quickly from that. I think we really need to sit about what does it mean to receive this power, this courage, this ability to be a witness that makes sense for us when we think that being a witness is just something that I'm not even going to bother with. This power is available, and I believe, is given to all of us. The courage to say something in a situation. The creativity to start maybe some sort of group in your neighborhood that will allow you to maybe in some small way begin to share your own story. Again, uh, there is not a formula. There is not an equation of you saying X, Y, and Z and then the other person saying, ah, okay, now that you've explained it in this linear fashion, therefore this makes uh, objective sense. Now I will give my life to Christ. It, It rarely happens that way. Typically what happens is people receive this or note and understand and receive and and claim this power that they have. And then that gives them the courage to be able to to speak up, to say something, to live out their faith in a way that may invite someone into wanting to know more. I'm going to show a video on uh, Sunday a really wonderful uh, ministry that our our friends down at Union Coffee down in Dallas, Texas, I mentioned uh, the founder of of Union a few weeks ago in one of my sermons named Mike Bachman. They do this amazing ministry down there uh, called Capes for Kids. And what they do is uh, in their coffee shop, they also have, it's it's fairly large uh, for a coffee shop. It's not one of your hole-in-the-walls coffee shops. But they also have room where they can set up sewing machines And what they do is they sew these little capes uh, for children in various children's hospitals in Dallas. And folks from uh, Union dress up as superheroes, both ones that you may know or just superheroes that they've made up on their own. Uh, And they wear the capes and the masks and everything else. And they go and they deliver these capes to these children, And there's a really wonderful story. I'll put this link up on the Podbean page so you can see it yourself. There's a really wonderful testimony. One of the founders of this ministry noted that there was one day when she was putting this cape around this little girl who was suffering from some illness, and it was as if something magical had happened. That Once this girl had this cape on her, her whole being changed. She started racing up and down the halls, of the hospital because somehow, some way, this cape had done something for her that she knew that I am able to continue to to live my little childlike life because of this cape. That's a really wonderful thing that this church has has been doing. And I thought about this ministry as I thought about it. I think sometimes it's the same way when we think about the power that Jesus promised us that has come in our midst and came 2000 plus years ago and is still again available for us here today. The power is like this little cape that we each have on ourselves and something within us perhaps changes. Like I have this cape and this allows me to do some kind of superhero feat of actually talking to somebody about my faith, of creating something that Will allow for a conversation to happen in some way, to post a tweet or a Facebook status or something like that, that may cause someone to say, Huh, I wonder what this person and who they're really all about. So when we talk about being a witness, we cannot forget this first promise from Jesus, this first proclamation You will. It's not you might. It's not you will if you do other things. It just says, Jesus says to his followers, you will receive power. And sure enough, not long after that, it happened. They received the Holy Spirit. And that promise is available for us today. So before you jump to how can I be a witness, before you just assume that that is not me, I'm not even going to bother with it. First, receive this news. You will receive power. You will. And I think we really need to sit with that and reflect on how has this happened in my life and how will it transform who I am? So now we get to the second proclamation that Jesus says, after Jesus says, "You will receive power," Jesus says, "You will be a witness. You will be a witness." as much as we want to go into a witness protection program so that no one knows our identity at all, and particularly we don't want anyone to know that we are a person who believes in God or kind of is on team Jesus. Jesus said, you will be a witness. He doesn't say specifically how it's done, but he does say where it's done. It's done to the ends of the earth. And that includes in your family, among your group of friends, the neighbors down the hall, you will be a witness. And I think this is something that we need to take to heart as we close up this sermon series too. Now there are lots of different ways to do this. I've already noted some ways that people are, are a witness when Our team from Urban Village a few years ago went to Germany uh, to do some, to work with a a, a new church or at least a faith community that's trying to start in a city called Chemnitz in eastern Germany. Uh, And one of the interesting things was the kind of creative ways that they're trying to connect with their neighborhood, uh, that they were, um, we had helped them start this, um, it wasn't a Bible school with kids. We had set up a bounce house and lots of fun things for the people to get to know their neighbors. And that week, also somebody, they set up a whiskey tasting. And there was a part of me that kept waiting for them to make some sort of invitation at the end, saying, this is who we are, this is the church, and if you want to be part of this, you want to even if you want to accept Jesus, this is how you do it. And they didn't do any of that they're in a very they're in a, a part of the country that is if i remember correctly about 80% atheist and they know they have to slowly but surely start and be creative in the ways that they build relationships so they're thinking about knowing their context this is how they are going to be a witness starting in these ways again jesus doesn't specifically say this is how you have to do it i think we're given lots of different um, opportunities to be able to think about how we can be that, how we can be that witness. Let me tell you about a woman named Laura, who just b- blows me in the way uh, the different ways that she has been uh, a witness. Uh, Laura goes to our Wicker Park uh, location, and I preached at Wicker Park a couple of weeks ago, and talked to Laura after worship. Uh, one of the things to know about Laura is, among other things, she's a stand-up comedian. And uh, she is beginning to think about ways that she can incorporate and talk about her faith in her stand-up, which is, uh, I think, kind of challenging. And she, she admits and talks about, I have to do this, and she says, with a, a spoonful of sugar. Uh, she can't come right out of the box telling who she is because certainly people have, are very suspicious. They've been hurt or burned by church in the past. And so she has a real sense of how she can begin to talk about it uh, and let people know that she's still the same uh, funny, uh, engaging person that they, that they know up on stage. I want to read a part of, she sent me this really wonderful email that explains what she did a few weeks ago uh, at an event in Chicago at a club, and the event was called Strip Joker. And I'll explain what Strip Joker is in a minute, but first she writes this about how she goes about this process, Laura writes, I want people to know that the fun doesn't end when God comes into our lives. And then she asked me the question, is that evangelizing? To which I would answer, absolutely. And then she continued on. She said, it was only recently that one of my beloved peers, and I love the way she describes him. She says he's smelly, alcoholic, God hater that he is. One of my beloved peers called me religious and I was stunned. He did not say it with any offense, but matter of factly, Anyway, I never thought I was religious because I'm not pushy about it. I'm pushy, but not about faith. What a lesson and what a gift, though, because he gave me a piece of my own identity. Who couldn't use that on top of everything else? I'm religious. I want to just pause there for a minute. So often when people run away from that word, and I love how Laura is, is claiming it as part of her own identity. But anyway, she went to Strip Joker in this club in Chicago a few weeks ago. And Strip Joker is, and I'm reading now from their Facebook page Strip Joker combines nudity and stand up comedy for a new perspective on body positivity, acceptance, and humor. Strip Joker. So uh, Laura was the headliner for this particular night of Strip Joker. And then I'm going now I'm going to read back to her email as she explains what she was doing. She said, When I was filling out my bio for the show, They asked what LGBTQ-affirming organizations I belonged to, and I realized Urban Village was one. So I wrote down, I was a member of Urban Village Church, a Christian church that practices a ministry of inclusion and social justice. So that was in the program, that was on the website, everything else. She said this was a great way for me to transition into my material about God, church, activism, etc. She already had the context of the show and my bio so people could, could see that. And she continues to write, I was the headliner there, so there were seven other performers before me who ranged in comedic talent, age, race, gender, identification, states of undress, points of view about their bodies, and quote, attractiveness, unquote. Now, I have a strong belief in love. I have a strong belief in and love for God, but I have had a very volatile relationship with my own body, and I loathe displaying myself, even in a swimsuit. But I want to do what other people do, I want to be free, so that's why I took the gig. I wanted to walk through the fear of bearing myself. And, she writes, I am really funny. I love that she wrote that. So she continues, that is why they booked me, and because maybe I am more of an affirming person than I realized. So, she continues, when I got down to my final layer and I'm standing there in my bra and underwear from the Delta Burke collection, I said, this might be a good time to tell you about my church. And I got huge laughs. And then I told them that we were always looking for new ways to evangelize to millennials. And this is what I had to do. She wrote, afterward, a few people talked to me about their issues with parents, religious abuse, a lot of stuff. And one of them told me she was looking for a quote, hippie church, unquote. So maybe we'll see here at UVC. It was an awesome experience for me. So many, so many wonderful things in this story that Laura writes. She's creative. She thinks about her context. She thinks about her people. She thinks about the different ways that she can introduce faith into that context, and she does. She gets not only laughs, but she gets some people who come up to her, and they may never darken the door of Urban Village. That's not what being a witness is all about, and I have to remind myself that this is not about getting more people into Urban Village. This is about letting people know that there is a God contrary to what they have heard or believe, who loves them, who wants to be in a relationship with them. And she has the courage, what I would say, the power to go through with this, to stand, literally stand there almost naked, not just emotionally, but physically naked, telling them about this. Laura kept kind of asking me, am I an evangelist? And I'm like, I, I don't know how, what else you could do to totally be an evangelist, to be a witness. So friends, if, if Laura is willing to stand on stage in her underwear, what can you do? What can you do to receive this power that we are given and to be courageous enough to think about and pray about how this might happen? Now, I'll also point out in this text, all it says is that we are to be witnesses. It does not say anything about that we have to be people who convert, that we have to people to bring in X number of people to church. All it says is to be witnesses. That's all we can do. We live the rest to God. All we can do is tell our story. All we can do is share who we are. All we can do is be in a relationship. All we can do is think about our groups of friends and think about this is who I am. This is how it makes sense for me to be a witness. I'm guessing that not many of you would be comfortable standing on stage in your underwear talking about it. But what can? What does make sense for you? And then it's, this God's, it's God's job. It's the Spirit's job to take it from there. All we are called to do is to be a witness. And then we trust that God and the Spirit will take it from there. And sometimes that might mean that people just ignore us. Occasionally, even maybe someone will say, oh, I'm not sure I want to be in a relationship with you. And then every once in a while, someone may come up and say, tell me more. We are given the power. We are given the power to not go into hiding when it comes to our faith, but instead to claim who we are, to claim our identity as followers of Jesus and to think and to use the spirit to help us to be creative and courageous in the ways that we share that Amen Friends, thank you so much for listening today and uh, I hope that you will hopefully use some of these words to think about ways that you can be witnessing in your own life Uh, You can always reach out to me Christian at urbanvillagechurch.org or on Twitter, I'm at Christian Kuhn or my website is christiankuhn.com and you can find out uh, more about my ministry there And uh, I hope that this is a blessed weekend for you and that the Spirit of Christ continues to be present in your lives.